0: Hi everyone, this is Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex.
1: Featuring your hosts, Taylor Bradley. And Alex Yankovic. Hey guys, and welcome back to another amazing episode of Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex. It is Wednesday, June 16th. It's hard to believe how quickly we are just skating through this summer. We are so stoked to be with you for another fantastic episode, but before we dive into that, let's make sure that we're staying up to date and that we're staying connected. You can find us on Instagram at insidedancepodcast. Feel free to write us a message to slide into our DMs and be sure to stay up to date on who our featured guests will be for upcoming episodes. While you're there, go ahead and follow our friends over at Inside Dance Magazine. You can find them at insidedancemag. And then last but not least, say Instagram, social media is not your thing. No worries. You can write to us at InsideDancePodcast at gmail.com and we would love to hear from you. Now before we get into our amazing interview this week with our dear friend Jared Baker, it's time for our community spotlight. And this week we are highlighting Jared's new dance company that he has started in this past year called Nova Linea. Nova Linea, co-founded by artistic director Jared Baker and executive directors Chris and Kelly Plath, is a professional dance company based in Milwaukee. Their mission is to create a positive environment where artists feel valued, collaborate with and support youth dance studios, and to aid in the resurgence of live theater. All in order to help cultivate the future audience of dance and share with the community the positive impact it can have on all human beings. Now, Alex, I know we've both had the distinct privilege to work with Jared while we were in college. Um, and we've also worked with and are good friends with two of his company members, Sydney Goman and uh, Tyler Zidell. But if you can, what like describe Jared's movement, describe his quality uh, to our listeners that they can have an idea kind of what to expect from Nova Novalinia.
0: I love Jared so much. I remember performing his piece, um, It's the Shame and the Pride, uh, at Jazz World Congress. And he's just so lovely, lovely to work with. His movement is very contemporary, contemporary jazz modern bass. I mean, it gives you everything. He uses such great music and like we're both so excited for him to start this company. And it really just kind of birthed uh, out of the pandemic, which is incredible. And um, I really can't wait to go see one of their performances. But yeah, Jared is is absolutely incredible. And with his movement quality, I mean, I just haven't really seen much like it, but I know when I see it, I'm like, oh, that's Jared. But funny story, Sean Viator, one of our past guests, was Judging a dance competition and gave out a choreography award for one of the numbers, and it ended up being Jared's choreography. No way set, that he had set on that studio. So, I mean, it's, I mean, if that doesn't tell you everything, I mean, he's incredible,
1: yeah, absolutely, and definitely a standout choreographer, mover, artist. And we are so so excited, um, to celebrate Nova Linea. So, to learn more about the company, you can check out their website at novalineadance.com. There you can find out what their upcoming tour schedule is going to be like uh, or maybe if you want to get involved by sponsoring an artist or contributing in another way. All that information is listed on their website, but also be sure to follow them on Instagram at Nova Linea Dance. All right, Alex. So how are you? What's new?
0: Oh, things are really, really good. Um, I had like the first vacation weekend I've had um, probably in like, Since Christmas. I haven't this yeah, this past weekend. Like I literally have not had time off. So it was really wonderful. Um, but yeah, it was a really great weekend. I actually was up in like near Solvang, which is like that that um really cute Danish town that's near Santa Barbara. And so nice. Uh yeah, it was really, really wonderful. And um yeah, just feeling on track and things are really good. How are you doing?
1: Good, good. Trying not to melt here in Vegas when you know it's a brisk 115 degrees. Vegas is just funny. She likes to go from, like, it's not too hot to, like, literally where you're broiling. Right. So, um, yeah, so survival mode. And, of course, that parallels when all the gigs are quickly coming back, which, yay, yeah. exciting. New casinos opening, grand openings. But it's like, oh, we're going to be outside for this event? Okay, cool. Oh, and a really big heavy wool coat and costume. Great. SPF. So, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely survival mode and, uh, yeah, hydrating and SPF are our are, are musts. But um, anyway, uh, before we get into our interview with Jared uh, in just a bit, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, moving into a next chapter of your life, which I know we've uh, kind of discussed in the past. But I want to get your thoughts and your advice on kind of the two extremes that you can be going into these new chapters. So one for back for lack of better term would be senioritis, right? Just like, eh, it's fine. Like I'm kind of it's like when you know you you've you've put in your two weeks notice at your job and you're just like kind of slacking and kind of how to prevent that in a dance sense and staying motivated, and inspired, but also coming out of this pandemic and having so much pent-up uh just readiness and um just that bright-eyed, bushy-tail uh, mentality of, oh, I want to book everything, I want to go to everything, and I want to go to every audition, and learning how to balance that, because I, um, I feel like we've both been there in our careers at some point, um, and how we can kind of navigate and find that common middle ground um, to stay healthy and stay motivated. So I don't totally. know, what are your thoughts?
0: Um, well, speaking to the senioritis, I feel like it's good for those dancers who are going through it right now, To really just take a moment and stay present with it. I remember like the summer after my senior year of high school was so much fun. So I just urge people to like get through that nationals and enjoy it. Don't just like, and when I say get through it, I mean um, get through it and have fun with it rather than trying to just get it over with. Um, I think it's a really exciting time. And that's honestly the last time you may have to kind of perform for a while, so mm-hmm. like being on stage and things like that too. So for all the seniors out there, really try to find that motivation to end your year with like a perfect little wrapped present. Um, Cause I know I'm excited to judge nationals um, with my sister actually in a couple weeks coming up. And oh so, no way,
1: you guys are judging together?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's so fun. Yeah, they had a, they scheduled me for Vegas, um, which I was so excited about because that was like what I did growing up was the Vegas, Right. Uh, in the summertime and then they texted me the lady who coordinates it all. she was like you cannot go to vegas she was like you literally teach at the studios and you <laughs> grew up at the studios that are going and i was like i know that's why it'll
1: be so fun <laughs> yay we <laughs>
0: yay and she was like no she was, and, and she told me i was going to tennessee and i was like oh well my sister will be there so it'll be fun um right but yeah senioritis is definitely a thing and i think it's it's okay, but try to, try to push through that and realize how awesome things are. But I mean, in regards to the pandemic, I mean, I'm telling myself to have balance, but it's hard. I'm like getting so excited for every, every submission that's happening. So I really can't speak to that much besides I keep telling myself to stay balanced. And, um, I think for what I just was taking, it's so crazy. Actually. Um, today is the first day we don't have to have, masks like anywhere
1: oh in so california certain,
0: yeah so certain businesses can still say they want to have them but i went to the gym this morning and no one had one and i was like this is so weird you feel so I like
1: kinda, dirty like you feel like I you're thought, doing something wrong
0: yeah i kept like twitching because i i always like i was like <laughs> oh my god i need to put my mask on like it was crazy so i'm not there yet i'm not at a place where i'm like yeah let's go i just keep them like okay get excited, Alex, but I kind of reel reel myself back in. I'm just trying to stay balanced. How are you dealing with it? I mean, it's it's crazy.
1: Well, first I'm going to speak to the point of no masks at the gym. I remember like uh, Vegas, uh, June 1st, didn't require masks anywhere. And so, yeah, same thing. I went to the gym and I was like on the treadmill and like, I felt so cheesy, but I was just like smiling so big ear to ear, like full cheese, just grin, uh, while jogging. And I was like, you know, we always talk about those pinch me moments on this podcast. And in my head, I was like, don't look like an idiot, Taylor. Like, don't be like so cheesy. And then I was like, no, forget that. This is like a moment in history. I'm like, (laughs) I need to allow myself to enjoy this. So I was just, you know, Mr. Just Mr. Optimistic there chugging away. Um, but uh, going back to your point, I'm not going to say I do not experience senior-itis. I definitely, definitely do. But for me, I feel like I'm the more the opposite side of the spectrum. I am always thinking ahead, sometimes more than I need to be. Um, that I guess that is where my focus gets pulled from rather than lack of interest or like, I'm over this. Sometimes I forget to be in the moment because I'm looking so far ahead and I'm like, well, what's next? What's next? Um, I remember kind of going back to what you were saying about um, being a senior or being a a transition point in your life, knowing that it may be your last time to perform for a while. I remember my experience uh, in college was I had an opportunity, a possible opportunity um, to graduate early and um, to go apprentice in a dance company in Chicago. And I was so back and forth and I, I, I couldn't decide because this one part of me was like, this is amazing to have this opportunity to go and start my career right now. But then I was like, right. am I ready to be done with college? Am I ready to put this behind me? And I have to credit my mother because she was like Taylor. My mom was saying just that every day after you graduate, you're just going to be working, working to live, working to survive. And so she was like, I really encourage you to just take this time, enjoy, finish out your schooling, finish out your junior senior year. And I'm so grateful that, um, she said that. And that I took that advice because really it's true. And it's, it's, I feel we as dancers, we always are in that audition mentality of I have to take every audition. and If I don't, mm. if I don't take every opportunity, then, then I'm, I'm doing myself a disservice when in reality, I've had to remind myself, um, even now later in my professional career, like, okay, set boundaries. You don't, have to take every job you you know know your worth know to what extent you'll work for to what rate you'll work for <laughs> to what degree temperature <laughs> you'll work at um, but but yeah so finding that balance for me I guess is is kind of opposite of you of of staying in the moment um, but not getting ahead not not getting so wrapped up in what's to come and so wrapped up in mm-hmm. in, in being at every single thing even I think back to my. Um, days when I was doing competitions and conventions, I remember I'd want to be at every nationals. and I'd want to take every class and and go to everything, which like, yay, get it little Taylor. However, it's so important then to make sure that you're just checking in with yourself and taking care of yourself. And like, you know, I think back to these, um, dance conventions and competitions, which are such a great experience for young dancers and networking and performance opportunity, but also like dancing on cement floors and hotel ballrooms for 10 days in a row, you know, it's, it's a lot. And so um, I would hate to, I would hate to see any young dancer uh, or anybody in this transition of wanting to do it all that you stretch yourself so thin that you can't actually perform right so Mm -hmm. whether that's you know taking too many classes whether that's stretching yourself too thin going to auditions it's it's finding that balance and and being in the moment being excited like you should be so excited but also just remembering that you need to check in with yourself and you need to ask yourself why why are we doing these things why are we going to every audition and why are we going to every opportunity um if it is in fact to further your career, to network, to build a job. That's awesome. If it's one of those things where you just feel like you're obligated and you should go, because that's what, Mm -hmm. you know, misconceptions you have in your head from whatever aspect of the dance culture, then I think it's time to reevaluate. But
0: I love that. I love what you said about setting boundaries. That's so important. Like that, yeah, in times where it's getting crazy and there's lots of excitement and lots of things going on, no matter where what transition point you're at, setting boundaries is like the best way to to get things done and like find a focus point.
1: But That's like, really ec- good. Thank you. But like external boundaries and also internal boundaries. Like, yeah, what are you? What boundaries are you going to set towards? I don't know. Uh, what people expect of you? What classes or how many classes you're going to be able to teach or you know, what environment you'll work in, but also internal boundaries, which is being like, I owe it to myself to get eight hours of sleep, to wake up and meditate, to, you know, keep my house or keep my, my living space in order. You know, it sounds silly, but I know I've been there before where I stretch myself so thin that like you don't keep up with the laundry and the, the dishes pile up and then you just come home to this uninspired space. And mm. um, I'm fully gonna quote queer eye, but it's like <laughs> the when they do all the home redesign and stuff. It, oh my god, like, yeah. Like they're like, you have to give yourself a proper space to be happy. You have to give yourself that opportunity. And it's crazy how much like it's like on The Sims when you clean up something, their morale goes. Bruh. It's <laughs> very that, very much that.
0: I am now going to go off on a tangent. Let's
1: go. I love a tangent. Taylor,
0: that is like my, that's like my mantra. I've like, it's, it is a proven thing. When you make your bed in the morning, we talk about this all the time. It's being task oriented and stuff like that. And I had actually just posted a video about rituals and habits. I like, it's just, <laughs> it's so important. Make your bed in the morning, have a space to come home, home to. Cause when your days are horrible and sucky, if you come home to a space where you're like, cool, this is sucky too. Like, oh my God, I I live by that. And thank God for my mother for being like so on top of it with that. And she is right. Like, like obviously sometimes things get a little out of order and I make piles, but still like having a clean home, exactly what they say on Queer Eye. Every time I watch that show, I'm like, I need to like- So good. Do, another, so good. <laughs> do another deep clean and like yeah. redesign. Like, but they're so right. And it's just like, We like to pretend like it doesn't matter, and it's like materialistic and whatever. But like, no, it it matters. Those things are important. Oh. That was my short, short tangent on that. Short I, t- tangent. I totally agree. So everyone keep your rooms clean when you're going through these transition, <laughs> these transition times.
1: How we got from dance to make your bed, I don't know. I but know. they're all interrelated here at Inside Dance.
0: There's a book, I'll, I'll get it for you. There's a small book and this, uh, this guy who's in the military spoke at a graduation, I forget where, it was maybe at West Point. And it's, the book's called uh, Why You Make Your Bed, Why You Have to Make Your Bed Every Morning. Oh, I've bed heard every of morning. Yeah, and it's, and he breaks down in detail why, like, in the military, they make their beds every morning. They don't just, like, get up and go to training at 3 a.m. and, like, leave their bed a mess. It's, like, that's the first thing that they do. Yeah. And he talks about how the psychological, the psychology of it is really important. I love that. Cool, yeah.
1: Yeah, reading material. Work. <laughs> All right. Well, um, guys, stay tuned because next up we have our incredibly talented friend, Jared Baker, Coming up shortly, he's going to discuss uh, his journey in earning both his BFA and MFA at the University of Arizona, and how that launched him into creating and debuting his own dance company, Nova Linea. So stay tuned. All right, guys, you are in for a special treat. We are so, so excited to welcome our Great friend, incredible dancer, amazing choreographer, and just overall awesome human, Jared Baker. Hi, Jared. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Um, and I'm in
2: a car right now. I love it. Like we're <laughs> just laughing at how busy people we are, and know. Uh, you know what? We just have to make it happen.
1: Coming you know? at us live from a parking lot of a dance studio in Nebraska. I love it. Yes, uh, no, but well, we're so totally. grateful that we could. Uh, that you could squeeze us in um, because we've wanted to have you on the podcast for for so long, so long. Yeah. So, um... okay. Okay. But like funny, I'm actually not this busy.
2: You just happen to always (laughs) catch me when I am busy. (laughs) classic <laughs> like i've been like off like the past two weeks and i'm like oh so, like casual and then like of course like the one day that i know i'm like super busy is when you text me and i'm like, like, we, I'm, like okay you know what
1: i could feel this it this i did that on purpose it, like, work yeah yeah, yeah totally yeah. it was planned no obviously not um well how have you been through through this crazy time and i mean i know we were just saying off mic that we all feel like the world has gone from zero to hundred real quick. But um, how have really you been quick. as a I mean, we're going to dive into your company and everything with all that. But just like generally, how's Jared Baker been through this crazy year?
2: You know, I've been OK. Um, it's definitely had its challenges. Um, but, you know, I think for, as a dancer, as for all of us, I think it was really eye opening. Um, whether or not this was truly what we wanted to do or not. 100%. Um, and, I, and and not a bad thing or a, not a negative thing or a positive thing. I think it just was eye-opening. And some people realized, wow, I'm not sure um, this is where my heart is, which I think is a positive thing. You know, I think so it helps them find their direction. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, yeah. And then also just um, made us feel Ugh, gratitude isn't the right word um I think just um appreciative I think it's a little less than gratitude just a pre like a little thought every day like cool we get to do this this is really awesome I think I'm better yeah sorry I think I'm better pre-pandemic I totally. think I'm better now than I was pre-pandemic I oh yes now okay Oh, one hundred,
0: one hundred percent. I feel like it's weird yeah. because I took this time to kind of become like a cleaner dancer. Like I, that's just kind of been my focus. Of, okay, I want to be really clean because I have this time at home. And what, what?
1: sorry, I'm laughing because you're like, yeah, pre-pandemic, I was all over the place on purpose. It was a choice. Thank you, like. <laughs>
0: Okay, we're moving on. (laughs) Um, For us, as well as our listeners, tell us about where you're from, your dance background, your dance training, all of that, and how you kind of got started. Because I actually, I need a refresher as well. So I'm super excited about this. Who are you? Who are you?
2: I'm an alien. No. Um, I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas um, at a local dance studio, just like everybody else, right? Shout out to all the local dance studios for sure. Um, I had the most amazing teachers, Debbie um, Joe Utter and Leslie Cenevy, Um, and they really instilled in me passion for dance over technique and artistry over technique, um, and I think that was a great avenue for me to start. It really set my trajectory off really nicely. Um, my dance teachers were really well connected with Joe Tremaine. Um, so I grew up on the Tremaine Dance Convention Circuit, um, The Roots of Jazz. I was actually, just this past week, going through some of the old podcasts and like listening. Um, it was so good to hear Sam, um, and the history of jazz dance, Taylor, that was such a nice little, um, insert into the podcast, it was really fun to listen to and
1: have a refresher for myself. I
2: love that. Um,
1: hey, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, on-air um, feedback. It really it's yay! appreciated. I know.
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, it was really nice and, um, cool to like remind myself that like, we're all a part of like this rich legacy of dance. Um, so I grew up on the Tremaine circuit. Um, fun fact, um, graduating college, I did not want to pursue a career in dance. I just didn't know if it was right for me. So I actually was committed to Oklahoma university and I was going to major in biochemistry and then go to med school. Crazy. I know yikes what what a a weird what a weird time um but it actually was joe tremaine so i was at this like uh, it was i'll never forget it 2008 december austin texas tremaine convention and he was like what are you doing and i'm like i'm going to OU." and he goes no you're not that's not right you shouldn't (laughs) be doing that and i was like oh oh, okay and he was like you're going to the university of arizona to dance and i was like okay yes i am (laughs) and i felt like all of a sudden i had my You know, if Joe Germain's telling you you're doing something, like, you're going to do it. Um, So, of course, I sent in a video audition to U of A, flew out there and um, fell in love with Tucson, with the faculty. Obviously, so much so so that I had to go back and get my master's later in life. Um, Yeah, it's so interesting. Like, I was such a jazz dancer growing up such a jazz dancer growing up and I think that's still that thread um, and that history comes through my movement Um, but I yeah but modern has now like taken over my life which is so crazy Um, so yeah that's young Jared in a nutshell.
0: I forget about your connection with Joe Tremaine and it like makes me so happy but it makes so much sense because your movement is you know it's so unique and it's so unique to you, but it definitely has that jazz thread as well as modern and all of that, uh, like you were saying with your teachers, being focused on quality over technique like that. I totally forgot that you were connected with him.
2: Yeah, like really, really well. I mean, like I was like assisting him on like, not just like on his convention, it was like him that I was assisting. So I felt like, you know, a little
1: dance daddy. (laughs) I love that. Um, Jared, I want to go back to uh, something you brought up. Um, that I think is a really interesting topic that we haven't addressed yet on this podcast, but, um, obviously <laughs> as anyone that's listened to any episode, we're very proud Wildcats alumni of the university of Arizona, but you pursued, um, your master's in dance. And so I'm curious, what was your decision in doing? So I know we have a lot of listeners that, um, are the high school into college, um, kind of that demographic. So, uh, enlighten them as well as me. I'm curious.
2: Yeah. So after I got my bachelor's, I think I have to do a little bit of like post-college too, before getting to the MFA. Okay. So I went to Chicago. Um, and honestly, post-college, I hate auditions so much. I like, hate. I mean, wait, all of us do. We all hate auditions. I
1: but feel like, like you, I, yeah, you
0: either hate them or you love
1: them. Alex is over there like, I love auditions so much. <laughs> She's like, I love getting dressed up. I love going. I I love organizing my headshots. I'm I'm with you, Jared. I hate auditions. It is a th- it
2: is a thing that I that I shove to the back of my mind so much because it stresses me out. Um, and so I was like in this dilemma of like, do I try to dance or do I go straight to teaching and choreography? Um, and I think the fear of auditions maybe goes straight to teaching and choreography. So I moved to Chicago because I. Um, was connected with Bridget Krause, uh, who's now Bridget Lowell. Um, <laughs> but her dance studio was Art in Motion in Champaign. Um, so I commuted from Chicago down there, started making connections there and doing uh, choreography in the city, um, as well as like, you know, in Milwaukee, we'll get to that later, um, and and other cities in the Midwest and stuff like that. So I took that avenue first. And I think I needed to settle, settle myself Um, and figure out what I really wanted before just diving. So after living in Chicago for three years, um, I met this woman named Kelly Layton, and I actually met her at the Jazz Dance World Congress. Um, Alex was there with me. Um, And we actually competed against each other. Um, It's so funny. So we um, ended up competing against each other, and our longstanding joke was that um, I ended up winning the competition and she ended up getting second. Um, and then I ended up going and joining her company in California, which was so funny. Um, so Kelly um, was a huge influence for me, uh, totally full circle. Um, Kelly was the director of core contemporary dance in Sacramento. Um, and so I ended up going and dancing for her for two years without auditioning. She just welcomed me straight in, um, which was you know the perfect, um, perfect avenue for me to, to work my way into concert dance. Cause I didn't feel like auditioning was the right, um, the right path for me to take. I, I wanted to go based off of connections and networking. Um, so I danced with her for two years and she ended up, um, she already had two kids and she ended up getting pregnant with twins And she owned a dance studio she just she got really really busy as we all are of course um and then had to find a part of her life um to take away so that she could refocus her energy a little bit somewhere else um and that was um stepping down from the artistic director of that dance company um so i was left in a position where my company was no longer going to be in existence and i didn't know where to go next i didn't know what to do next and um that's where the mfa came in i felt like i had done the path of teaching and choreography i had done the path of dancing in a company and i was in this limbo state of not feeling quite ready to do what i knew i was going to do and i just needed to go back um and get my take two more years to study to learn and to prepare myself for where i was going next um so my choice in going back to do the MFA was, was to go back to school, just to go back to learn. Um, the nice thing about the U of A MFA program is it's very open-ended. It's not like curriculum-based. I mean, obviously there is curriculum, but you go into it stating what your goals are, stating what you want to get out of it. And the faculty is there, just there to assist you and and to making that possible. Um a lot of, you know, higher education or director, directoring, it has has a lot of writing, has a lot of um, management as the side of things, which is not something that we really focus on in the BFA. Um, so grad school was a great place to hone in on my writing skills, my administrative skills, um, and then just really focus on what, what was it that I wanted to accomplish. And that's very different. From the BFA, right? The BFA is a little bit more, um, we're gonna give you all the tools you need for you to go off and do whatever it is that you want. But the MFA is more, what can we do to help you get to what your specific goal is? Um, so it's quite a different experience in the best way possible.
0: I think it's, Uh, I love, I love your story about it because a lot of times we as dancers are like, okay, this is the path. We all have to be on the same path because A plus B equals C and you have to do this. and It's so not true. Like some people don't like to audition and auditioning is a part of it. So if you don't do that, you find a different way and not everybody goes back for their MFA. Not everyone goes for their BFA, but it's like, we need to like be more Uh, open to people having these different experiences and be willing to like hear someone else's story and be like, Oh, they got their MFA. Like, do I need to go back? It's like, no, like you think about it, think about it, but the time will come and like, you'll find that later. So I'm glad that that was gradual from you for you. And also saw your pieces when I went back to visit my parents and uh, I forget which show, I think it was right before you were graduating. They were stunning. It was a solo that you did that you performed yourself and then as well as a group. And it was just stunning. Slash, I've always loved, loved your work, but it was really cool to see you in a different different headspace because it's just different when you're you know, 19, 20. It's totally different. So it had to have been like, really special going back.
2: Yeah, when you're young, you're, you're constantly pleasing the people above you or wanting to please the people in charge or the te- you're wanting to please the teachers. It's so much about um, doing it for someone um, or at least that's how I felt. Um, and I think that's that jump from being a student to being a professional dancer. Um, and I wasn't just quite there yet when we left college, even still. And I think that's something else that I was really jarring to me, is I felt like I had to be a professional dancer as soon as I left college. I had to be ready to be that professional. No one's ever ready. No one is ready when you leave college. You figure you're still growing. You're still learning in those first like three years. You're figuring it out then. You're not figuring it out in college. You don't have the answers well, let's be real, we still don't have the answers. <laughs> we have more than what
1: we did before. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. And I think it's 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 so true that that we put our we, we put this pressure on ourselves as dancers to be um to pick up the choreography right away and have it. And do you have any questions? No, and I'm here and I'll do whatever you need. And it's giving, giving, giving while you're putting such pressure on yourself when in reality it's like life, it's it's so not linear, especially as a dancer. And there's going to be great seasons. There's going to be slower seasons. And just being accepting and willing to acknowledge that, I think, is a very big thing. And knowing that, you know, we always talk about your relationship with dance ebbs and flows. And so I think it comes it comes with age and awareness and just, yeah, emotional intelligence with yourself too. But um, but before we get too off track into our psychology lesson here, um, let's bring it back in because I want to talk about your, and congratulate you, but talk about your new dance company. Can you t- uh, tell us a little bit about, it's Nova Linea, yes? It's
2: Nova Linea. Um, wow, I can't, I can't believe I did it. Um, it's like shocking I can Um, so exciting I think that I don't think anybody that knows me um, or knew me in college knew me right out of the years of college is shocked I think everybody's like okay there we go it's time you know Um, I think I knew I was gonna do it midway through school um, because again this goes back to this auditioning thing it was really hard for me to find a place where I fit in um, and so you know, then I had changed my mindset to, okay, I'm gonna create the place where I fit in. And what a better place to fit in than your own place. Um and
1: so it's that's been really beautiful. cool to Yeah, that's like a thanks. Disney Pixar movie that waiting to happen. Oh my
2: god. I didn't even plan that. It just like came out. That's the
0: name of the that's the name of the episode. That is
2: so, totally so good. Oh thanks. Um well, Yeah, I did. I mean, I struggled so much with like mm, my confidence and doing other people's material. I've always felt the most confident in my dancing and in my choreography, like dancing my own choreography and choreography. So many people ask me all the time, do you get nervous when you're watching your piece on stage? And I say, no, I don't get nervous at all but if I'm about to go on stage and do somebody else's choreography, I literally am going to vomit. It stresses me out so much. I
1: remember backstage, Jared. (laughs) Not
2: fun, not fun to be around, but doing my own stuff, there's like this piece because it's so authentic. It's so me. Um, and, and that's so, I mean, and I think that any choreographer can speak to that. It's just, it's so easy to do that. You know, it's so easy to present yourself. Um, so this company, is um oh my gosh i feel like i have to go back so i have to go back to like it's kind of it fell in my lap it didn't but it did i let it i i I set myself up to be in the position for this to happen but i let the pieces fall into place for it to happen at the right time i knew it was going to happen i was going to make it happen um but i didn't force it i just let it happen so, one of my best friends for life is Sydney Pangman, now Sydney Gaiman, um, who also is a U of A graduate. Um, Sydney was my lead dancer in my piece that won Jazz Dance World Congress. She came with me to the ACE Awards. I went to Sydney's wedding. Like, we've just been so close. Um, Sydney introduced me to her dance teachers, Kelly Plath um, and Kelly's husband, Chris Plath, who own. Accent on Dance Studios in Waukesha, Wisconsin, um, a huge legacy of dance. It was owned by Kelly's mother, uh, passed down to Kelly. They've had some incredible alumni, obviously Sydney, um, also Pam Chu, who works on Adrenaline Revive. She danced for Britney and her Vegas show, done so many great things. Emily Schoen, who had her own dance company, Morgan Larson um so many incredible uh, andrew wing so many incredible dancers have come from this place um and sydney introduced me to them and we immediately kicked it off we were just like wow it, it it's it's really rare to find people that you you have the same vision on every single every single thing like the like there's so many different avenues and opinions. Like, I like auditions. You don't like auditions. Like, I don't like a cheesy face. I love a cheesy face. Like, it's so, the art form of dance is so divisive um, in the best way that it possibly can be. Um, but then to find people who just like everything is gelling, I think is so rare. And then you've got to hold on to that. Um, so I met Chris and Kelly. Um, taught for them a little bit, obviously when I moved away, I've been working with them quite a bit, but, um, maybe like five years ago, we started, started having this conversation of like, man, I just think that we should like do more. Like, is there any way for us to do more? Um, and then talking about what, what the goals would be like all, like, just like hearsay, like all just like in theory. How would we do this? Like, what would the mission be? Like, how could we do things different? All just like planning it out. Um, maybe not ever super super seriously, um, but enough that it was like in the back of our heads. So I went to grad school then, um, and and I knew, okay, I'm going to do one of two things. I'm going to we're going to do this company, or I'm going to go teach at a university and collect that like stable job paycheck, benefits, go that route. Well, I'm going to do one of the two things, and then the big elephant in the room hint, and that was COVID-19 at the end of my master's, um, right before I graduated. So I had applied for several different jobs uh, teaching at universities. And I have to say, if I would have gotten one of those jobs, I probably would have taken it. But then COVID hit and there was no funding. There was no money to hire new people. There was a lack of funding. None of the jobs, like all the jobs, they were like, oh, sorry, we're not hiring anymore. So I called Kelly up. It was like a week after like the shutdown. And I was like, hey, Kelly, you know, um, so these colleges, they're not they're not hiring anymore. The universities are not hiring anymore. Um, And I'm graduating in May. Do you do you want to do the company? (laughs) And she was like, she was like, yeah. And we were like, it was the weirdest thing because we were so somber. We were so
1: somber about it. You make it sound so casual. It's like, hey, do you guys have ranch dressing? No? Okay, Thousand Island's fine. Like, let's just move <laughs> forward. <laughs> it was so
2: casual. It was so casual. In the conversation. but I think it was because it's like, we already knew the answer. Hold on, Jared, I'm gonna stop talk you one more time. time. But we felt
1: a sense of responsibility sorry, there's just a bit of a lag. So, um, you can start from saying it was casual.
2: Well, so the conversation was like really, really casual. The phone call was casual. We were super chill, but there was this underlying somberness. Um, and I think the reason why it was so chill was because we felt an immense sense of responsibility to do something, to continue something. Cause we knew what was going to happen? Like we knew what was about to happen. We all did. We could all we could all sense it. We could all dread what was about to happen, um, and we had the means. We had the ideas. We had some of the dancers like ready and rearing to go. We had the facility. Um, we had the support. We had everything we needed. And so, ironically, it was actually COVID that gave us that final push to make this happen. Um, Yeah. So interesting. I mean, like the, one of the worst things that's happened in our entire lifetime um, has created one of the best things that have will ever happen in my lifetime for me, you know? Um, So Nova Linea was born. Um, Nova Linea is Latin. It means new line. Um, Before COVID I had brainstormed some ideas for names of the company and I was going to name it lineage. Um, cause I just feel like that's such a important aspect of my dance career. Going back to Joe Tremaine, U of A, um, even how I met Kelly and Chris through Sydney from a U of A connection from Joe Tremaine, who sent me there from my dance teachers. Like it's, I can, I can trace that line all the way back. Um, and then after the, you know, well, not after, during the pandemic, I thought, um, I need to change this. I needed to be about where do we go from here? And I was like, I need something about lineage. I need something about new. And he was like, Novalinia. And I was like, that's it. That is, that's the company. Um, yeah. So then that was born. I just called up my friends. I called up Sid. And I was like, Sid, I think we're doing it. I think we're doing this company. You want to do it? And she was like, holy shit. Like we're doing this. And I was like, yeah, we are doing this, you know? Um, I called up some other people. I started like, you know, making little Instagram DMs, like figuring out where I wanted to go. Um, yeah. And, and then we just put it together and we spent the past year taking our time building, um, planning, defining who we are and what we stand for. Um, so we've had an entire year, but I call it a building year. I don't count it as a real year this next year will be our first year, but we, we took that. We had the time. We were gifted this time to be able to take the pause, Mm -hmm. reflect on what we really wanted to do with this, with this, uh, this is a dramatic word, but with this vessel, like, what do we want to do with this vessel? And how are we going to accomplish it? We had the time. We couldn't perform all that much. We had the time to really be thoughtful and to be mindful and to create a plan, to create a vision that we felt like we could stand behind and accomplish, um, which a lot of places and a lot of companies don't have the luxury of doing. Like when do you have the time to have dancers be with you for an entire year without without any sort of payoff? Like it's just there being a part of like the building process. But I think that's what enticed so many of these people. Cause like when do they, when do dancers get the opportunity to be a part of not just, And I'm not talking about a work. I'm talking about an actual entity, like an actual company, a living and breathing company um, and pushing that out into the world for so many people. Um, So it's really actually been the most incredible years of my life.
0: I'm sure. And it's also a lot easier for a company to start new and do things right and come out of the gate with a way, a not fresher perspective, but less mistakes. Cause it's really hard to change. Once you've already had something for so long, it's really hard to change and alter and do all of these things. So a lot of companies come at a disadvantage. Like you said, and it's like, okay, well, uh, you know, this financially, we don't have the ability to make this work and why are we going to change things? If we don't know, we're going to be around, but when you're in the butt of it and building it, as you said, you're building it at such a good time where you can create this foundation that's strong. And Yeah. Uh, It's crazy, I don't even, how do you, how do you even um, schedule out your seasons? Like when you first started, what do you, what's like the, what were you like, okay, this is the first thing we're gonna do to like get everybody's.
1: Starting a dance company for dummies by Jared Baker. Exactly, like I have
0: no idea, no idea.
2: Yeah, so a lot of people have asked, I think the most common question I get is like, how has the pandemic made this difficult? And it has made it difficult, but no more difficult than it would be starting it without the pandemic. It's just starting a dance company is difficult. Like no matter what, um, a hundred percent Alex with what you said, I was at an advantage over other companies because I wasn't being reactive. I was building, mm. you know, building everything from the scratch, knowing what was going on where other companies were i mean i empathize with them so much because they're they're being reactive to what's happening whereas i can i could build knowing what's going on um the biggest roadblock has definitely been scheduling theaters because um so many events have been pushed back like Mm renting a theater right now is insane it's like impossible to get in it's so limited because everything's been pushed back back um, or events have been rescheduled so booking space has definitely been difficult which I was hoping to do that gal like April May but um, yeah um, the schedule is not my own so I find what the schedule is and then we work from that um, next season I wanted to do a show in early December I didn't get that I got mid-october so i i adjust my expectations based off of what i can get Mm -hmm. um and i think that's something that we don't like to do off directors don't like to do often like we have something so engraved in our mind of what we want and we just have to adjust accordingly um and be okay with the adjusting and and still have the confidence that you're going to make it work no matter what
0: I have no doubt in my mind that you're amazing at that too. Because even in school, for your for your pieces for student show, you were always so organized, so on top of scheduling. Like I never was confused about a what the choreography was. I wasn't like I don't know. B I knew exactly where to be at what time. So I have no doubt that you're perfect
1: jared you know we are cut from the same cloth of the love of counts and musicality and got got, boo, boo, got but precision and we love a clean piece <laughs> thank you joe chermaine yeah, for instilling good. that so i yes agreeing with alex i have no doubt in my mind that trans, that transfers uh, pretty directly over to your your business life but Um, Do you guys have a a date yet? What's like a debut and opening? What's next? What can our listeners look forward to, um, to see what Novalenia has in the near future?
2: Yeah. So our first show is October 15th and 16th. So that's coming up. Um, I mean, it seems like it's far away, but like, you know, it's not, it's like right around the corner. And then we have another show in April. um, And then we have a collaborative show with an artist that we're doing in February or March. We're still looking for space at this point. That's been, you know, like I said, it's been a struggle. Um, finding the right venue and the right time, uh, having everything aligned. Um, yeah, so we have a pretty, we're so, full, I mean, if we're in our first season. Um, we, we can pay all of the dancers a weekly amount, which is just amazing. I'm just, I'm so, that's the thing I'm most proud of is having the resources and the means to be able to pay I mean, albeit like we're dancers, like it's not like the most grandest salary in the world, but I can pay them every week for their work and not just do a stipend, not just do a project thing. And that's so hard and so rare for, I mean, at this point, it's rare for any company to, to be able to do that, let alone a first year company. Absolutely. Um, and that's made possible, definitely made, made possible by Kelly and Chris, the executive directors, because we, um, we rehearse out of their dance studio um, at no cost. And so that's been like such an incredible thing for us. Um, yeah, we've got a full season planned. We've got the theaters booked. We're up and going. Um, yeah, we're excited.
1: It's happening. <laughs>
2: um, I think You know, we'll be there. Happening. We'll be
0: there to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. I cannot wait to see yeah. it. I know it's going
2: to be amazing. It's, it's something special. The other thing that we have is... Our approach to our audience is different than most dance companies. Um, you know, when you go to a dance show, most the demographic of the room is—shout um, out to all the people uh, that are um, older generations—but that's usually the demographic that we have an audience, and we love we love those um, art goers so much. Um, of course, but we need a. Co- we need to cultivate the new audience, the future audience of dance, which is yes. our youth. Um, and there's so many kids in dance right now, dancing at dance studios. Uh, and so that's actually part of our mission is to get these studio kids in to the theater, to watch uh, professional dance, and then go back to their studios in a workshop and talk to them about um, what they saw why is yes. this important what is dance after the competitive stage because there's such a, um, a drop-off from high school to college and you're like wait a minute what is dance um, and so we're really um, looking forward to doing workshops with studios this next year as well um, and we have a few of those lined up so that's also really really incredible that we have support from dance studios already
1: Absolutely. That's amazing. And Jared, I know Alex and I are so proud of you as a friend and as a fellow artist, just for putting your passion into action and making this company. So um, unfortunately we're going to have to wrap up our interview here though, but it was so, so great to catch up with you for our listeners. You can follow Jared on Instagram at jbake13. And we will also have his information for Nova Linea in the description below, but Jared, thank you so much. It's great to see you stay well. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to all get together at some point soon, hopefully in the studio.
2: <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. It was such an honor to speak with you today. We love you. We
1: love, we love you so much. Now go get back in class. Go teach that combo. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye, friend. Yes, I am.